Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. It's officially uh, Tuesday, frozen February the fifth. I don't know, sixteenth. <clears throat> that doesn't that doesn't rhyme. What is it called? What are you calling it, Paul? Tundra Tuesday. Tundra Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, so the text line is open. I want you to text me where you are and what the current temperature is, or just your status. That would be nice. We just this is like a little. This is what what do they call it on on Facebook when people just like check in to let people other people know they're okay. Mark safe called? thing. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be your uh, Mornings with Carmen Mark Safe. Just text text me at 877-933-2484. Let me know where you are and how you're doing. And for those of you who are in our Hartford listening area, it's warmer where you are than anywhere else in the uh, in the country in terms of our um, uh, live listening uh, audience. So don't gloat. Hart- this is not the morning for Hartford, Connecticut to gloat that it's above freezing there. Or right at freezing because the rest of us are having Tundra Tuesday. <clears throat> so the big news this morning is just how very cold it is across the nation. So check in from uh, from your current location. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jessica has just checked in from Fargo where it is minus 19 according to a little screenshot she just sent me. Burnsville, Minnesota checking in at minus 17. Uh, Jennifer checking in in Long Lake at, at minus 18. All right, I'm going to stop complaining about my um, <clears throat> nine degrees in Nashville, Tennessee. However, however, I am going to say we're not really prepared <laughs> at all. Um, our houses are not insulated in the same way. Um, we don't even have the same kind of windows you have. Like it's it's a cold, different reality. Um and then for folks in Dallas, where they are experiencing rolling blackouts, millions of people without power across the country in sub-freezing temperatures, uh, the state of Alabama having a lot of really significant issues this morning. Parts of the country where people just not prepared to endure extreme cold. Um, all right, let's see. Who else is checking in? Chile, minus 17 in, is it Medina or Medina? Medina. Medina, Medina, Minnesota, yeah. All right. We got Scott checking in. Oh, St. Paul, minus 11. It's practically balmy where you are. Look at that. Look at that. A balmy minus 11. Minus 17 in New Hope. Karen checking in um, from Fridley at minus 18. Hey, stay warm out there. Oh, Lisa checking in also. Lisa is in Dallas. Uh, five degrees outside, 45 degrees inside. Mm, power on for two hours in the last 24 hours. Hey, let's lift up Lisa right now as an as an example and a representative of um, people in parts of the country really paralyzed by all of this. Father, um, wrap your everlasting arms around Lisa right now, right now. And those like her um, in places where they are experiencing not only this extreme cold, but uh, insufficient power in their grid to keep up with it. Um, we just ask, Father, that you would 
miraculously intervene, keep people safe and warm today, and have us as Christians reach out to our neighbors in need, uh, particularly those who are you know medically fragile and those who are elderly. Help us to um, find ways to reach out today in acts of kindness uh, to help warm up warm things up on where it is so bitterly cold. All right. Uh, keep checking in with me at 877-933-2484. Text where you are, what the situation is, where you are. Nick Pitts is in Dallas, Texas. He's up next to check in with us. We'll be right back. Checking in with us, he's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. He tweets at J Nick Pitts. Nick, what's the sitch where you are? Carmen, uh, so great to be with you. You know, they say don't mess with Texas. Well, Mother <laughs> Nature has messed with us, and she is pummeling us right now with her friends, uh, snowflakes, etc. So it is a uh, it's cold down here. Um, this is the first time in history that we've had all 240 plus counties under a winter weather advisory. Mm. Um, it is, uh, there's about 2 million Texans right now that are without power, suffering rolling blackouts. But, you know, uh, we're, we're making do with it. You can see people on the streets appropriately bundled up, trying in, um, amazed at the snow that's on the ground. And right. I saw one person down on our street snowboarding behind a, a truck. And so yeah, because uh, that seems like a Texas thing to do. <laughs> totally. That seems totally yeah. Texas right there. Okay. We have some, we have some uh, friends checking in from across the country. So let me just give them a quick little shout out here. Uh, Duluth, we see you stay warm up there. Um, Lisa, uh, again in Dallas, thanks for checking in. We've got uh, Walcott, Wisconsin, checking in. I'll just confess to you, some of your screenshots show up too small on the oh minus twenty seven. Holy moly! Once I once I scrolled past the ad for the car in your screenshot, negative uh, eighteen in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Uh, uh, now I I uh, Jan is um, is checking in, but I'm. I, I'm almost slow to read her text message because everyone is going to is going to lead everyone to sin. You're all going to be suddenly jealous of Jan. And I'm looking for the gloating goat award. Jan is listening in central Florida and therefore uh, declares it's 64 degrees where I live. And then she says, Ew. sorry, with her little shades on uh, listening <laughs> online from North Georgia. It's actually 27 degrees here. So I'm agreeing in prayer for those who are struggling um, with power outages this AM. Carol checking in as well at minus 18. Um, all right, I can't, and again, sometimes the screenshots are so small, I can't read where they're, it's definitely, where where she is definitely starts with an M. There you go, that's what I know. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the headlines, Nick. You've got Americans are saying it's far more likely that evangelical Christians are going to lose influence um, rather than gain it in the Biden administration, I think that's probably a surprise to no one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so some of the numbers, P was saying that just 9% think they'll gain 
influence, 39% say it will not be affected by changes in um, uh, in administration. Three quarters, about 72% say evangelicals will lose influence. And I, I think that's that's the case. Um, from a political standpoint, that's probably the one precursor I would put on it. It's important to realize that uh, there's a variety of different ways that Christians can engage with the culture and exercise their influence in such a way to cause men and women to ask gospel questions by the way that they live their lives. Um, that mm-hmm. uh, the darkness is always going to ask questions about the light, um, the flavor is always going to be piqued in curiosity when it uh, encounters the salt. I think there are a, a variety of different ways that Christians can exercise influence, but also um, just recognizing it to be true that just because um, we uh, we have experience within the Trump administration, kind of a privileged seat of power, President Trump did uh, have a very close relationship with a multitude of evangelical Christians, and that was evident one, in photo ops, and then two, in policies. But I'd also say that just because we have a a Democrat in in the office and President Biden doesn't mean that evangelicals have no say in office. I can can tell you this past week, there was an uh, evangelical in President Biden's office. Um, He wasn't a pastor. He was a part of the priesthood of believers. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. Mayor uh, Jeff Williams out of Arlington, Texas. He is a strong Christian, um, uh, just a, a really good man, having known him. And he was he was there representing his city um, relative to COVID relief there in the office. And, and I am positive that um, that Mayor Williams was a blessing uh, to President Biden having him. I can't walk away from an encounter with uh, Jeff Williams without just being um, just blessed by being in the presence of someone that's competent. And that's also godly as well. So just because there's a Democrat in office doesn't mean that there's evangelicals don't have any influence in the political sector. Well, and that is a really important um, distinction to make uh, when when people are surveyed and they're asked a question about, quote unquote, quote unquote, evangelicals or evangelical influence. There's ta- they're talking about uh, or they're answering um, in relationship to, you know, people who have titles and positions that are, quote unquote, evangelical. Um, But as evangelical Christians who are lay people, we recognize that influences carried um, by Christians into every environment where we find ourselves invited. And so like Jeff Williams of Arlington, Texas, who had the opportunity to be in the Oval Office with the president just this past week, you know, we want to just encourage each and every person, if God, if God gives you that kind of an audience you are God's representative in that environment. You are the Christian whom God has um, you know, sent to that appointed place and time to bear positive witness. And we're not saying that you got to, you know, roll out the um, roll out the Romans road every time you're with another <laughs> yeah. person. But we are saying that, you know, if you are a person who is competent and respectful um, and and gains the respect of others, you know, I guess I'm thinking here in the Old Testament about the influence that Daniel was able to have or the influence yeah. Um, that Joseph was able to have, you know, when we find ourselves in those environments, let's find ourselves worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Yeah. You, you know, Carmen, it's, it's just so interesting that we're just living in a world today where it seems as though we're, we've got blinders, we've been hoodwinked on, and the fact that we, we think that we can, that politics is the only avenue by which change can happen within the culture. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not to that's not to downgrade politics. I think there are a variety of policy changes and positions that can be taken that can really leverage um, the influence that politics has in the culture to bring about change that would hopefully uh, help individuals taste and see and know that God is good. But I also don't want to downplay the fact that there are a variety of other industries and sectors within this grand experiment known as the U.S. in which individuals faithfully living at their calling have the opportunity to bring about, make his kingdom come and his world will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, yes, we don't have a Republican in office, but thank God that uh, that God is not limited uh, by political party when he chooses to utilize and um, bring about his will here on earth. Yeah, political party or political system um, Mm -hmm. or nation state. Right. So let's uh, let's be the people who walk our faith out into the world uh, that God so loves in ways that honor Jesus in every single environment and thus and thus transform the culture of which we are a part. Uh, Nick Pitts and I are going to return to our conversation in just a moment. We're going to look at some numbers related to marriage and divorce in the midst of the pandemic. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. Paul Perot, what are we listening to? <laughs> Freeze Miser. <laughs> Freeze Miser. <laughs> it was from your, a uh, old mu- Christmas special, you know, The Year Without Santa. So oh, Paul's <laughs> repertoire for music, Nick, is um is so expansive. He never he just he just never misses a beat. It's such it's such a blessing. Yeah, that's great. I Thank think blessing was air quoted there. Actually, I, it was. There were some air quotes around, <laughs> but you couldn't see those because it's radio. All right, um, let's uh, let's pivot. I'm talking with Dick Pitts. We're talking about uh, a number of headlines. We're going to jump on this one. I read this from the Associated Press: Marriage and divorce amid pandemic, couples' challenges abound. Um, Nick, what's going on out there? In you know, this is this is supposed to be the the, the week of love. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day and all, but people are having a hard time. Yeah, you know, um, I, I'll, you can always point, they, there was a saying that if they're locked up together, maybe they'll, we'll see a, a difference that's happening relative to babies being produced. And unfortunately, we're not seeing that to say the least right now. Um, we're, we're experiencing upwards of over 500,000 less babies this year. Uh, than uh, was anticipated. Uh, unfortunately, in being locked up isn't uh, having the propensity to um, individuals coming together and uh, uh, women giving birth to children. So uh, uh, the kind of good news is we're starting to see that marriages somewhat are staying together a little bit longer. Divorces, t- to a certain degree, in some states are going down. But there's just some there's some. I guess I would just say that there's just some very alarming statistics um, relative to kind of marriage rates right now that we're just struggling to see. Yeah. So people are um, people are continuing to get married, um, but people are also continuing to get divorced. And there's a lot of stress, uh, you know, on people who have been locked away for, you know, just a just a very long time. Um, and. I imagine that once we are on the other side of uh, of COVID, whatever that means, whatever that looks like, um, there's going to be a whole lot of need for uh, for us as Christians to come alongside individuals um, whose marriages have fallen apart in the midst of all of this. I know of two families in my own in the uh, you know in the congregation where I worship, um, 
you know, for whom this pandemic frankly revealed things that were going on in the lives of one individual, you know, in, in the partnership. Um, and, you know, it just, it's just very, very, um, it's heartbreaking. It's difficult. It will, it will, there will be things for the entire church to deal with on the other side of this and families within those congregations as well. Um, you know, hey, because can I, can I do the, can I do the next topic? Because you're the only person um, in my whole, like in my whole card file <laughs> of people who I talk to on a regular basis on the show who would dare touch this next uh, topic. Let's like, bring I, it on. I, 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 tr- I tried to get Jim Dennison to talk about it yesterday, and um, <clears throat> he said no. So we have Sean Penn. <laughs> we have Sean Penn, who I think people will recognize. Um, and Sean Penn tweeted out um, something that, uh, you know, suffice it to say, was got a lot of feedback, got a lot of feedback. I mean, pulling up the tweet right now from February the 12th, um, there are now more um, nearly 14,000 direct responses to his tweet. Um, and so it's not just that that people are interacting with it. People are actually like directly responding. So Sean, Sean Penn tweeted out evangelical leaders, which, again, we might have to define, should themselves be impeached by the Vatican Okay, showing, I think, his vast knowledge of of the Christian (laughs) world. Um, If they themselves don't follow Nikki Haley's lead, interesting choice uh, there, and clearly state they should not have followed, and then he misspells Satan. I'm sure he intended to say Satan, but he said (laughs) Satan into the bowels of hell. But perhaps they are too busy at sex parties. So... Um, Nick Pitts, what what should we do when a person like Sean Penn seeks to, I don't know, engage us in public in this way? <laughs> well, to say those, you can't blame him for not trying. My goodness gracious, there's this is a grab bag of grab bag of <laughs> concepts that he pulls together, and you know what? That's I guess that's what happens when you follow Satan. At the end of the day, satin is just going. It's going to. Yeah, you it's follow gonna, satin, gonna man. That is a loose. That is that is a loose thing to follow, gonna, right there. Yeah, it's very light. It's going to toss you to and fro. Um, and so you need to follow something a little bit sturdier. And I probably recommend Jesus from Mister mm-hmm. Penn. Uh, yeah, you know, Nikki Haley has offered some pretty strong comments. Tim Alberta had his um, uh, profile that came out in Politic. I believe it was Politico, or I know he transitioned to the Atlantic recently. But I believe he had a over 10,000 word profile of Nikki Haley that did offer a pretty strong word uh, for President Trump. Just to, his time is over. Um, so I'm assuming that's what uh, he's insinuating by following uh, Nikki Haley. OK, lead. so can we pause there and say that makes this a subtweet? Oh, right. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. subtweeting yeah, yeah. somebody. See, and so if you don't know what he's what he's subtweeting, which I didn't. So what you're saying is there's a Nikki Haley uh, piece written by Tim Alberta, and in that Nikki Haley piece, or Sean Penn is responding to basically something in that, but he doesn't tell me that, and so then I don't really know what the referent is. So he's subtweeting something, and that oh, yeah. makes more sense of the whole thing. Yeah, and that's you know, helpful. And, and as I and as the just the initial reaction as I read it, it just kind of made me sad, in the sense that you know we. There used to be a kind of a baseline level of religious literacy 
that was just mm. par the course here in the U.S. And I'm not saying that everyone knew the differentiation between evangelical leaders and why it doesn't make sense to um, for evangelical leaders to be impeached by the Vatican. Mm. But if you have eyes to see, obviously that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it just kind of saddens me that we're at a we're at a point where you know Sean Penn's uh, just taken on to some fringe beliefs as indicative of this tweet that even those just that baseline literacy, religious literacy has just gone by the wayside in 2021 to where individuals are potent, are possibly following satin into the bowels of hell, which is just kind of, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, it is. No, that's a, you, you have a much more, um, <clears throat> you have a much more gracious spirit than I do about these things. <laughs> but um, I, I don't want, I, I'll be strong though. <laughs> we should not follow satin. Wear satin, <laughs> but don't follow it. Hey, Nick, always a joy to talk with you. Stay warm today. Um, Bless you. Bless you for what you're up to. Uh, That's Nick Pitts. You can follow him on Twitter at JNickPitts or at the Institute for Global Engagement. Uh, Nick, thanks so much. So great to be with you, Carmen. Likewise. We'll be right back. So, Paul, we have at least one listener who might have a uh, music knowledge as broad and as deep as yours. Oh, really? Yes. um, And wondered if we were going to come back from that little episode with Nick with uh, the Moody Blues Nights in White Satin. Oh, I could have done that, but uh, no, I thought I'd not do that. And I like like the Moody Blues. Growing up, I love them, but no. I do love our listeners so very much. So very much. All right. Thank you for the joy you bring my heart each and every day. Thank you for your text messages this morning. Check in with me. Tell me where you are, uh, what the temp is, where you are, how we can be praying for you. Um, Some folks have checked in this morning just asking for very specific prayers anonymously and so lifting them up. Why don't you take a little time to lift uh, fellow listeners up in prayer this morning. God is uh, tilling the soil of each and every one of our hearts, seeking to sow his word deep within us and produce, you know, a harvest of righteousness unto himself. So let's, um, let's not only actively participate in that, but pray that over one another. Next up, I got Luke Moon from the Philos Project. He and I are going to talk about some headlines from around the world, get a little catch up on what's happening in Myanmar and China, and um, what's going on uh, with the with the prosecution of aged Nazis. Did you even know that, I mean, Germany's still doing this. They just uh, charged a 100-year-old former Nazi guard as an accessory to murder. So lots of interesting things happening around the world from a Christian worldview. We're going to check in with Luke Moon. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. believe your family should go to church every Sunday? Do you believe that you need to sit together in the service? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Questions every parent needs to answer. The responses will reveal your level of commitment to lead your family in their journey towards God. How about this? Are you going to make your kids attend youth group or go on mission trips? Would you allow your kids to attend a different church if that's where their friends are? Will you pray together as a family? I hope you'll take considerable time to think intentionally about the spiritual character of your family and how you and your spouse can foster a strong and growing relationship with God. Parenting teens isn't for the faint of heart, which is why moms and dads turn to parenting expert Mark Gregston for help. 
Learn about Mark's upcoming events and check out his latest resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. When the man comes around. Joining me now, Luke Moon from the Philos Project. Welcome back, my friend. Good morning, Carmen. Good morning. All right. So uh, this morning we are kind of asking everybody, where where are you, ge- you know, geographically, if you can tell us, and what's the temperature where you are? Because uh, Lou, uh, Nick Pitts was just on from Dallas, and it's it's way too cold there. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, in New York, and it is 36 and raining. Yeah, so it feels like you're bragging, I, like right, like I, that sounds crazy because it's nine in Nashville. That's terrible. It's except I've had two weeks of that, so it's it's <laughs> I'm spreading the love. Really, yeah, is what I, I'm doing. I, uh, oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, Carmen. Is that is that because I have like 18 inches of snow on the ground and it's melting mm. fast? There's nowhere for that water to go. So and then it's oh, supposed it's gonna to be a mess. It's be freezing tonight, like down to 17, which will then uh, turn it into ice. I don't know. If my car will probably get stuck in. <laughs> like don't don't try to go anywhere tomorrow because that sounds like well, a bad idea already. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. That's going to be now. I'm now I'm feeling sorry for you in advance, but I yeah. So there you go. <clears throat> I, I right. get the nine degrees though. It's <sighs> nine. And I I'm thinking I have all my, those people. I know it's radio, so but I do feel like the getup that I am currently wearing, people might appreciate because I do have on my insulated snow boots, and um. <laughs> And several, oh yeah, with a space heater facing my feet because I'm in my little studio, which is out in my yard and doesn't have any insulation underneath. And so I'm basically standing on, you know, like plywood with a really pretty carpet that doesn't, (laughs) yeah, so everything else is warm enough. Like, but my feet yesterday, I thought they were like popsicles by the end of the show. And so today my method is snow boots and a space heater. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about what's going on in um, in Myanmar. Bring us up to date. Well, I, yeah, I doubt it's nine degrees in Myanmar. Uh, listen, there there's there's protests. Um, the the woman who was the prime minister, uh, the Nobel laureate, her, her name is is Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, she might actually get out of jail tomorrow. Uh, there, there's, there's, she's been held, uh, it was extended, but tomorrow is the day when she's supposed to be released, but there's been protests like every day, uh, you know, thousands of people taken to the streets. Uh, and fortunately, uh, the military has been responding with non-lethal means of, of pushing back at them, which has not been in the history of, of Myanmar. Uh, there have, you know, there has been protests in the past, in which uh, there was a famous one actually, in which you know the the military opened fire on 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 monks, um, and and so it's a it's a good sign uh, that that you know the the military isn't isn't you know killing the protesters, uh, but you know in the in the U.S. and Canada and and Europeans have have issued strong statements encouraging the protesters and and you know calling for democracy uh and then finally the the US uh uh 
tightened up the, the sanctions on, on Myanmar, freezing the bank accounts of Myanmar, uh, you know, leadership within the United States, about a billion dollars. So there's, there's, you know, it's nice to have the strong word, but it's, to me, it's more important that they have the, the strong reaction, which is like doing something, you know, freezing bank accounts and that stuff that's doing something uh absent from here and interestingly to me absent from here is any kind of uh response from china i think one of the things we had talked about earlier was that china uh was was wanting to build a port in myanmar and i i think it's it's to their it's in their interest that uh the military uh you know be in charge and they're strangely silent right now. Well, and let's just, you know, admit <clears throat> that human rights concerns um, and liberty is not actually the concern of the Chinese Communist Party. So let's pivot to China. Let's talk about what's going on there. Yeah. So, you know, this last uh, this last week, there was a uh, w- WHO, World Health Organization, sent a crew out to uh, Wuhan to, you know, try and get down to locate patient zero, if you will. And um, they still have have not yet found that. And the Chinese uh, leadership have still kept the, you know, not letting anybody truly know all the details about this virus, which is interesting because there was an interesting article in the AP about how China was responsible for a major disinformation campaign blaming the virus on the U.S., that it was, you know, it was uh, produced in Fort Detrick, it escaped the lab and and got into military guys who then participated in the world military games in October of 2019. And therefore, it was really to blame the U.S. It was created in a lab in Maryland by the U.S., and brought to China, and they're they're simply victims of American atrocity. Uh, and you know the, the Iranians, of course, j- jumped on that bandwagon. And the Venezuelans, I swear, it's like the story. It's like it sounds like a conspiracy all its own when you drop in Iran and Venezuela into the same story. But nonetheless, they were there and uh, spreading this same this same rumor uh, that the U.S. was responsible. Obviously, there's. On on the U.S. side, there's suspicion. I mean, the you know the famous uh, senator uh, fr- who uh, who had the piece in in the New York Times that that got pulled because it also it kind of you know cast suspicions and maybe this was created in a lab in China. I mean, in Wuhan, mind you. So, that what it reminds me of, uh, Carmen, is that this whole disinformation campaign strategy uh, is is uh, it's it's actually kind of easy because of the flatness of our media, the like the availability of social media. You know, people can speak into what you know they kind of want to hear, uh, and it creates such confusion that it makes it hard for the truth to actually come out and rise to the top. It's a it's a it's a really unfortunate thing that that we found ourselves in. And I, I remember it back in, you know, when when the Russians in in their war with Ukraine shot down a a uh, an airplane. And I remember reading an article about how there was a, a the the Russian uh, media 
ran dozens and dozens of stories on different groups that they thought were responsible for uh, the downing of this plane, none of which, of course, were the, was the one that was responsible, which was the Russian military. Uh, but it was it, it created this like confusion out there about what actually happened. And it takes somebody who's very, very interested in like digging down to the truth to figure out what the truth is. But the problem is most people just ain't got time for that. Right. And so no, they look right, yeah. here and they look at another piece there and they're like, I don't know who cares really, you know, and they move on. Uh, but it means that, you know, we may, we ne may never know the truth. We never know patient zero, right? Because it's just too, it's too muddy and there's too much incentive for the truth not to come out. Too many people be benefit from blaming their, you know, whoever is their, you know, they feel they're a victim to these days. It's a real challenge. So a few things, um, you know, I think come to mind as you're talking when you, you know, when you say, you know, it was, well, maybe it was the Americans in Maryland in a lab. Um, and, you know, others say, well, maybe it was a Chinese scientist in a lab in Wuhan. And other people say maybe it was a bat that flew over the border. Like it, there is this kind of global game of clue that goes on when you start talking about, you know, the identification of patient zero. And I, I imagine that uh, over the course of time, at some point, we will not only know the answer to this question, but there will be a particular, you know, I think it would make an interesting storyline in a film, right? I mean, like helping educate us on how it happened by putting it in movie form, because that seems to be the most effective way of communicating in the culture today. The other thing that occurred to me while you were talking, when you use the word flatness, when you talk about how flat um, information is uh, and, and its dissemination and how easy, it's just as easy to, to, uh, um, to traffic in disinformation as it is in honest information. Um, I was my mind immediately went to Thomas Friedman's The World is Flat book, which I feel like was, gosh, in in or the early 2000s. Right. That's been probably 15 years ago, at least. But when you talk about the democratization of everything, like we've been moving in this direction and China's been moving quickly in this direction, um, you know, for more than a decade now. And there's just a lot of people just now waking up in a world that is flat when, frankly, the world has been pretty flat for two decades. Yeah, and I mean, there used to be a hierarchy of me. I remember when I was, you know, when I was a kid, there was, you know, three TV stations that had the news, and you know, you had your local newspaper. In my town, there was two, you know, a morning paper and an afternoon paper, and that was that was the source of news, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's no longer like that. You can find the news that fits your, your, you know, preferred, uh, political angle or your preferred, you know, political religious angle. And, and that becomes your primary source. And then other sources are, you know, suspicious. I mean, I mean, even this piece in the, in the AP, which was, you know, a long. Oh, all right. Well, we um, we briefly lost uh, Luke, so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I assume that both Luke Moon from the Philos Project and I will be with you again. All right. Following a brief power outage, Luke Moon from the Philos Project is back with us. Hey, Luke. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not even in <laughs> Dallas. I it was just my own my own power. It's outage. called power sharing. I don't know if you are uh, familiar with this uh, with this 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 new socialized uh, power scheme, um, but New York now has to share things with Texas. There you go. I guess. I guess. Yeah. No. It was there was a classic video, a picture yesterday of a helicopter trying to de-ice a, a <sighs> giant window, and it was like there was so much snark going on. It was. Yeah, you know. Wait, a, a helicopter, helicopter was trying to de-ice a, what? A, a one of those giant windmills in Texas that had frozen. Oh no! So like, they were. It was. I mean, the article was like, you know, it, not an article. It was. It was a meme or whatever, and it was a helicopter burning fossil fuels, spraying fossil fuels on top over the top of this windmill <laughs> to try to de-ice it because it can't turn because. Oh no. So great. You know, people it, don't necessarily I, think through the consequences <laughs> of everything. This would be this would be that was a whole nother subject matter. Okay. Let's hey, we have like four we have a few minutes left. Can we talk about the story out of Germany? Because I feel like sure. you you will be able to bring a perspective to this that others uh, may not be able to bring. So I'm reading headlines out of Germany. Germany is prosecuting a number of aged uh individuals for the roles that they played um, during the era of the Nazis. And right now, a former Nazi guard, age 100, has been charged as an accessory to murder. Just kind of brief us in on, on what's going on here. Yeah, this is a really interesting development. It it basically, I mean, for one thing, it clearly shows there's no statute of limitations for genocide, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, because you, you, you become very elderly, that doesn't mean that you're off the hook. Uh, and you know, it came about in that there was a there was a, a a man that was charged back in 2011, and he was very old, and he had had a you know he was in his he was in his 70s at the time, and and he uh, was charged, and the precedence was set that it that basically there is no statute of limitations on genocide, and everybody who was involved in the the concentration camps is guilty of an accessory to murder. Uh, and, and everybody from, you know, the, not just the guards as it was before, but like the, you know, the janitor, uh, the, the housekeeper, uh, like if you were there, you, you were complicit. Uh, and that's a, that's a significant change and one that, um, you know, I think it's important, and it, it's, I think it's it's one of those things where you're like, well, but the guy's a hundred, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, he participated in the extermination at, at his camp. It wasn't millions, but in in thousands of people, uh, and he, you know, the like ju- for justice to be done, he needs to be brought to justice. Yeah. Uh, The timeline never runs out on justice, I think, is um, is a part of this conversation. I think there's a conversation um, about never forgetting that is important here as well. Um, The we are, you know, like right at the very end of of the lifespan of people who were present and active. And so there I think there is also this value demonstrated in saying, you know what, we, these are sins not forgotten. And the people whose lives were taken now 
many years ago, many decades ago, those people's lives are precious and they are not forgotten. This period of history is not forgotten. The seriousness of what the Nazis did is not forgotten. Um, I, I feel like there's a there's a little bit of an Old Testament refrain um, in this in terms of not forgetting. There is, but there's also, you know, it's interesting to me, Carmen, is there will be a point coming up here soon in which there will be nobody left who was, there were no Nazi officers left or no, mm-hmm. you know, concentration camp workers left. I mean, this guy's 100. They're they're charging a, a woman who is 94, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this is, we're reaching an age where, you know, in a sense, like I, I wonder if when, at, at some point, like justice is going to be in the hands of God to carry it forward, right? Because sure. everybody, you know, this is, there's justice that we can do on, on this side of the grave. But, you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, highlights the value of, you know, per people and why you bring justice is because, like, this murder happens. There has to be uh, a punishment for the murder. Uh, but ultimately, um, there will be a point in which, which uh, God's justice, God's ultimate justice, we brought on on them, on on all of us for the deeds we did on this earth. Uh, and I, I'm always I'm always thinking about when we talk about justice, and if there's, I mean, imagine there's a guy out there who was a guard, and he never got caught, he never got found, but he will get justice ultimately for his for his sins as will each of us and yeah that's, uh, i think there well there you know the romans 12 passage certainly comes to mind um you know where god is saying vengeance is mine i'm going to repay says the lord there there's i think there's a robust conversation to have here for christians um in terms of these things and so thanks for helping me um surface it here today as always um luke thank you so much for your time thank you for your attention to things going on in the world. Um, we look forward to talking with you next time. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's Luke Moon. You can find him at the Philos Project. We'll be right back. I always have too many leftovers at the end of the hour that I want to talk about, so I'm not going to get to all of that. Um, why don't you just go ahead and text me where you are, what's happening, where you are, how we can be praying for you today. Give me a little weather update. Thank you to um, all of you who have checked in recently. Let's see, somebody right here at minus 24 in Audubon. I bet the birds are cold in Audubon today. Uh, We got Mary Rose checking in. Let's see, how cold is it? Oh, she's checking in on some other things this morning. So let's be praying for each other today. Let's be lifting each other up. um, And let's, um, you know, let's keep the warmth of the spirit alive. You be praying for me. I'll be praying for you. Oh, thank you to the person who said if you would stand on a... Uh, on a thick rubberized carpet, like rubber on the bottom, I'd stay warmer. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.